Do you want your revenue growth to be more predictable? You are in the right place. Today, Mary Lou Tyler, author of Predictable Prospecting and co-author of Predictable Revenue, joins us to share ideas on how to drive growth in the new year. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, growth architect, helping great companies grow revenue. Happy holidays to everyone. This episode is releasing right before Christmas, and I want to wish everyone a very special season filled with family, reflection, and rest. This has been a challenging year, especially for those of us tasked with driving revenue. I hope you find some time to really connect to your heart. Today, we have a very practical conversation with one of my favorite authors and thought leaders, Mary Lou Tyler. She's the co-author of Predictable Revenue and the author of Predictable Prospecting. You're going to get a lot out of this conversation, so get ready. As we begin, I want to share some exciting news with our listeners who are in sales or lead a sales team. Beginning on January 11th, I will be co-hosting the 2021 Authentic Selling Challenge with Larry Levine and a roster of incredible sales superstars. Each day, we'll share an hour together learning from master motivators like Mark Hunter, Meredith Elliott Powell, Bryn Tillman, Amy Franco, and so many more. It's going to be fantastic. Best of all, it's absolutely free thanks to our sponsors at BombBomb and the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. To learn more, go to 2021authenticselling.com. That's 2021authenticselling.com. You can register yourself and then make sure to share this with your fellow sales professionals. How do you grow your business in an uncertain market? Mary Lou Tyler, author of Predictable Prospecting and co-author of Predictable Revenue, joins us today to share her ideas on what we need to be thinking about business development in the new year. You'll hear her fresh take on ideal customer profiles. We'll also explore the importance of being very intentional about our messaging, especially as we head into a new normal where outcomes buyers want may shift. Plus, you'll get to hear about Mary Lou's interesting journey from beginning as an engineer to helping set up some of the world's largest call centers and all the way to the cutting edge work she does today. So grab a pen and a notepad and get ready to learn after a brief word from our sponsors. Mary Lou, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. This is going to be such a, a fun and powerful conversation today. As, as you know, and most of, of the audience knows, I'm a huge fan of predictable revenue. 
and the, the uh, ideas and concepts in the book. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I, I think, uh, I, as I said in the intro, I think this is a get your pen and notepad or iPad or instrument of taking notes of choice out and uh, get ready to get ready to learn. Mary Lou, you're actually an educator at heart. Yes, and I grew up in a family of educators, so I, it was it's it's in the the bloodline, if you will. But uh, I actually ventured off into engineering when I graduated from college and decided I thought I was going to go into flight simulation software development, but I steered left instead of right and, <laughs> and ended up ended up uh, studying more uh, with the telephony integration because at the time I graduated from college, we were still in an analog world. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this, this journey, obviously, uh, we know from predictable revenue took you into, into the heart of Salesforce at, at a time when things were really exciting and growing. Um, and how did, how did, how did you end up there? What was the, what was the story? Well, what happened was I had been a consultant in the industry installing very large call centers. So at the time, I was well-versed in telephony, as I said, I mentioned earlier, but also in the predictable, it was called predictive dialing, but it was predictable mm -hmm. solution for leveraging the telephone in sales. And I installed thousands of seat call centers. You know, if you got, if you ever called Bose or Orkin or American Express or those big companies, I was, chances are I was behind the scenes getting their centers installed. Wow. And I, I really enjoyed the, what we called at the time, outbound lead generation, which was taking a cold list, mm -hmm. putting it into the dialer with great telephone numbers. And the beauty of that, those systems was that they're very logical. They, every time you, you hung up the phone, that call had to be dispositioned. It had to be routed someplace. You had to wrap it up. So there was a discipline and, and almost a rhythm, a beautiful rhythm behind how calls are processed. Hmm. And so fast forward in the, gosh, I guess it was early nineties, uh, maybe mid nineties. I was consulting with a client in Seattle and they brought me in to, and when I walked in there, the CEO said, hey, Mary Lou, we want you to do for the internet what you've done with the telephone and direct mail. And I was like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> uh, can you help me out here? So what happened was is they, they had adopted and started adopting the methodology of sending emails and mm. leveraging digital, you know, digital channels to have conversations. So I was frantic because I had really never worked in the internet world, even though uh, as an engineer for Xerox back in the early 80s, we had the precursor to what was the Apple computer. So we had a mouse. Mm -hmm. I, knew, I knew some of the little bits and pieces of leveraging uh, a GUI type interface and, and we had those bulletin boards. So we, we were able to talk to people that were not co-located with us, but I never thought of the idea of leveraging a digital trans, you know, digital conversation. So I searched around the internet, trying to find someone who, with whom I can have a conversation about this. And I happened to listen to a webinar where a gentleman by the name of Aaron Ross was mm -hmm. talking about a process that he developed when working with Salesforce. Now, at the time, I, I was a consultant, as I said, so I thought of 
like most people, when we heard salesforce.com, we thought it was an outsourced sales professional organization where they actually had the feet on the street for you and you outsourced mm-hmm. sales. I did not know there was this thing called, you know, a CRM because we had worked in databases, but most of my clients had developed their own contact management software. And I myself had developed a lead generation and direct response system for HealthNet and big companies. I had actually programmed an equivalent of what was the precursor to even a Salesforce engine way back when. Wow. So I kind of got the gist of, you know, I knew what it was, I knew what they needed, but I didn't really know, you know, how to leverage what I knew in the predictive dialing world into the email world. So I, I listened to this webinar. It was with Brian Carroll and Aaron. And Brian Carroll had this book called Lead Generation for the Complex Sale. And they started talking about these multi-channel. So I reached out to Aaron Cold and I said, whatever you're doing, I need to figure it out because I have a couple of clients in Seattle who think I know what I'm doing and I really don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so can you help a girl out? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we got to talking and one thing led to another and uh, I put this process in, in Seattle. It was a huge success. Um, and then I turned to Aaron. I'm like, where is this stuff published? Because I had to constantly chase him to mm-hmm. get information, you know, it was all in his head. He had all of the process in his head, but nothing was really written or laid out. So he said, well, I got this idea to do this book. I want to call it, um, I think he wanted to call it something about a sales machine, buildasalesmachine.com is what yeah. he wanted to call it. And I'm like, no, really? What about, you know, let's, let's, what else are you thinking of? So he started talking about this. Well, I've also thought of predictable revenue. I'm like, perfect. That's the book. So we basically, you know, collaborated him being more the knowledge engine, me being out in the field, actually working with clients who were starting to go into leveraging digital communication. And I wrote a couple of case studies. One of the one in Seattle is in there, how we were able to mm-hmm. multiply our results. Uh, I think we were within 60 days. I had 3X uh, pipeline generated just by leveraging email at the time. And so we collaborated on predictable revenue and that's how it was born. In 2011, it was launched. I love it. I love hearing that story. What It's just so cool how things come together. Um, and, and the journey, you know, it's, it's interesting we, we were talking before the show, obviously about the, uh, interesting and challenging circumstances that, that we all find ourselves in right now when mm-hmm. it comes to business development, um, and just the whole concept of prospecting, what might even be cold calling 3.0 now, right. what, do you, what do you think? Maybe it's time for predictable revenue 2.0. Uh, but uh, what, how, how have you seen things evolving and changing, especially as of late when it comes to business development? Well, it's really interesting because I've been around the block for a long time. I've been doing this now going on, I think it's 34 years I've been mm-hmm. doing lead or demand generation. So I grew up in the direct mail world. And back then, you could not screw up your sales conversations. You had to really embrace testing, measuring, mm. mm-hmm. and you were spending hard dollars now for paper, for, for postage. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot more thought that went hmm. into the behavior of a potential recipient of this, of this letter. And 
I, I'm seeing finally we're coming back to that level of specificity around the development of the sales conversations. Whereas before, when we launched into email, you know, pretty much you can just throw something at the wall and something would stick. I mean, I think they even call it spray and pray mm-hmm. was the result of the fact that you really didn't need to be a genius in figuring out how to do email. You just need to do enough of it. This was back in 2011, 2012, but now the stakes are higher. Now it's getting more like direct mail was where you've got to break through all that noise. And the only way you're going to do that is based on your sales conversation. Now the channel does help you Mm -hmm. and there are always ways to embed some novelty into your series or sequence or cadence, whatever you guys call them these days, but those, those multi-touch uh, over a period of time conversations that you're doing. But at the end of the day, it comes back to crafting a completely value added conversation that leverages not only what your product does, but how this transforms your audience, why it matters for them to make a change, why now, and then the differentiation between you and the competitor as to why you. And I think that that has been the arc that brought us back to the late 90s, where I studied underneath all the direct mail gurus that embraced scientific advertising. Mm. That is a very powerful perspective. And you know, yeah, I can see how how we got lazy. <laughs> you know, I mean it's so Yeah, when things are free, yeah. Yeah. Free. You don't yeah. have to answer for the fifty thousand dollars you just wasted. You all you did was yeah. click send. Um, and I think that it really does bring us through to to what I, I wanted to talk about today. And there's so many, by the way, for those listening in, if you haven't read Predictable Revenue, do yourself a favor, go grab this book and grab four or five highlighters with it, because there are so much um, in this book that is is powerful. One of the things, though, that I wanted to talk about that is really top of mind for a lot of folks right now, and it goes along with the concept of creating a focus message that's going to resonate is truly understanding your ideal customer profile. Um, why do you think that, I think I know the answer to this, this is a bit of a softball, Mary Lou, but why do you think <laughs> ideal customer profile is so critical right now? Well, again, it's the, the segmentation of talking to the people with whom your message will resonate is of utmost importance. And for those people in the audience sitting there thinking, I've never had the luxury of having a ubiquitous list that had thousands and thousands of records mm-hmm. that I can essentially waste with crappy messaging. Um, I have to hone in and segment on a very select few that mm-hmm. are going to render high lifetime value, meaning they're going to be around for a while, high revenue potential, and high likelihood of closing. And that's the mantra within predictable revenue and continues to this day is segment those people and take the time to craft meaningful conversations for those people who are going to yield a high revenue potential for you with a high lifetime value that you know are going to close at a higher close rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. And I love, um, I, you know, I think one of the things right now, and I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on this, where, you know, we everything changed, obviously, lots of, lots of, um, 
lots of, I believe that buyers don't buy products, they buy outcomes. And I, 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 we watched the outcomes shift, the desired outcome shifted when we moved into the pandemic. And now that fingers crossed, um, you know, that uh, we're moving at some point out of the pandemic, I think the outcomes are going to change again in terms of, of what buyers want as we move into this new normal. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny. I have always been a proponent of the fact that buyers know up to a certain level. Mm. And there's always this conversation out there that buyers are savvier. They know more about what they want. But again, where I hang my hat, which is in the more complex sale environment where you may have three to five plus Mm-hmm. stakeholders or people that are committee decision makers. I'm not talking the transactional sales that mm-hmm. you know, one call and you're done. Right. I'm talking about the more complex ones. You know, they may have a certain level of understanding, but the way I like to look at it is they know what they know and they know what they want to know, but it's our job to not only meet them at they know what they want to know, but also to enlighten them of what they don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something that we're missing the boat on because we're making the assumption that the buyer is savvy enough, but we're only getting to they know what they know instead of what is that new normal of mm. what you don't know, but that will transform your workflow, transform your life, multiply the results of one hour spent getting 2x, 3x, 5x, 10x outcome results, advantages, Mm. improvements, protection, security, increase, whatever it is. That's where we need to focus more on. And now you can't come out the gate and tell them that you have got to build that trust and rapport. And that's why we leverage the sales conversations to look at outcomes from a variety of different angles. Mm -hmm. The what, which is your features and benefits, is what we still, in my opinion, rely on too heavily Mm -hmm. in these sales conversations. But the how, how does this stuff work? Why? Why does Mm -hmm. it really matter? And if, you know, what if I do this? What does it mean for me in the future? Those are the other conversations and models that we can embed now in our series or sequence in order to engage people, reduce the lag and get them to want to have a conversation with us. You know, it's, it's interesting as we move into um, the new year and um, as we shift into the new normal, the, the thought I'm, I'm having today is what if instead of trying to figure out what the new normal is, we actually became the people that defined the new normal and I, in, in the middle of all that, as, as we're talking about this, I'm, I'm seeing how uh, a picture of, of how hungry people are um, in the business world or whatever segment of the market you, your clients are in, how hungry people are to figure out and know, you know what to do next and what the, the new normal is for you know, their specific world. It seems like we have a, a tremendous opportunity right now to lead uh, to be thinking about things in the context of the expertise we have and to be uh, driving sales conversations where we're helping people determine that new normal. We got flat-footed, I think, in that at the beginning of the pandemic, but maybe we could be a little more intentional as we move into this next season. That and, you know, for some of us, me included, our go-to channels of conversation Mm -hmm. shut down overnight. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
our databases had brick and mortar telephone numbers, for example. Mm -hmm. We didn't have direct dial. Well, when they shut down every brick and mortar building in the, <laughs> in right. the United States, all of a sudden we were, like you said, flat footed. So we had yes. to pivot to other channels. Luckily, because we have a really process, we were able to do that, test and measure, iterate, pivot if we needed to. And net result was we didn't skip a beat in making our numbers. Mm, that's good. Well, in, in thinking about the concept of ideal customer profile, um, one of the things I really like is in predictable revenue, the way the way you lead people through identifying the criteria they want, but also the why behind those criteria and getting people to think about, you know, why these things are important in terms of I identifying the ideal customer profile. Um, if someone is going through the exercise right now here at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, in terms of thinking through refining their ideal customer profile, what advice would you give them in the middle of the you know, uncertainty that we find ourselves in right now? The main thing I would suggest is that in addition to the ideal account or customer profile, think about where you are in that revenue quadrant of, are you selling expansion to the base or are you trying to get net new logo? Mm -hmm. A lot of times people forget that conversations change based on whether they already know, love and trust you, i.e. clients mm -hmm. versus reaching out to people you don't know, they don't know you. So you're starting conversations from a different level of awareness. And so I would really ask you to consider in that fork in the road, what percent of revenue are you generating or be at the base where you're expanding, you're trying to get more usage or more mm -hmm. penetration versus the net new, new logos or new money centers, however you define that. Then from there and only from there do you focus on the ideal account and customer profiles. And what I like to do is look at things, like you said, with from the why, the how, the if, the, or the what, the Simon Sinek, Mm -hmm. why and also look at firmographic is is always one to start with if you're not sure uh, but you know the operational side of things is what i think is really changing which is the decision process the buying process how they make decisions how they mm. start to start the process for any initiative and you know so that you know when to enter because they have a decision pipeline just like we have a sales pipeline so you have to make sure that you're considering that. And the beauty of the ideal account profiles is that you can also factor in seasonality, news, mm -hmm. compliance, all these other what would normally be considered heuristic type things are actually viable um, items and points that you want to make sure that you add in. So I like situational, I like mm -hmm. operational, and I like the firmographic portions of that profile. And then I take it even further. Once I've got the account, it's like you got the house built, you got the house, mm -hmm. now you got to figure out the people in the house. Mm -hmm. That's and right. And I like to profile the ideal prospecting personas from that. So that yeah. wasn't discussed in Predictable Revenue, but in Predictable Prospecting, which is a book I wrote in 2016, mm -hmm. we take it all the way down to the ideal prospect persona. Because Perfect. again, if you're expanding the base, your sales conversations are going to assume 
a certain level of awareness on mm -hmm. behalf of your audience. Not always, but you don't have to go in necessarily with here's who we are and here's, you know, here's what we do. They already are a client of yours in some fashion. So you can make some assumptions that they already do know, love and trust you. And then you're taking their hand and taking them the rest of the way. Whereas with someone new, you've got to frame that as if they're unaware of who you are. Mm -hmm. They don't know they have a problem. They don't think the problem is acute enough for them to waste any time on it. Or they know they don't want you. So you've got to plan for all those different types of conversations in your multi-touch, multi-channel series. So good. What a what a powerful discussion. And I love the mindset that the just going back to the beginning of this conversation, that um, direct mail discounts mindset to the messaging. <laughs> Uh, I just see, you know, I'm, I'm just having this this a moment. Uh, thanks for thanks for creating a moment here for us right <laughs> before Christmas, where I'm realizing that, um, you know, in some ways, I think uh, many of us have just gotten sloppy by how easy it is to push messaging out. Um, and in reality, the the due diligence of not only really defining the ideal client, but also looking in, in net new, it's, it's easier to, I think people think more intuitively about that, but also giving that detail of thought and intentionality to the cross sell conversations inside, you know, inside our, our ideal client base. I mean, this is, this is such powerful stuff, Mary Lou. Thank you for sharing time with us today. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, and we'll have to have you uh, back to talk about predictable prospecting in the new year. So we'll have a whole other pack of highlighters to wear out, I'm sure, on that one as well. Was well, as, as we wrap up today, uh, just I'll open the mic for you know any words of wisdom or encouragement that you have for for the revenue generating folks listening in as we step into this new year. Focus on the creation and. When we talk about segmenting the ideal customer or account profile, your, your conversations also have to be segmented. And we could share more about that in the mm -hmm. coming year, but it's really about taking the person where he is or she is in their head and opening and starting the conversation or continuing the conversation from that point. And if you really put muscle into sales conversations answering the how, the why, and the if, I promise you, you will probably double, maybe even triple your results in going forward in getting conversations, doing demos, getting people to engage with you if you focus on that one thing. Beautiful. Well, once again, Mary Lou, thank you. And uh, just on behalf of the whole Revenue Growth uh, podcast audience, just best wishes for a, a fantastic holiday. Thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, wonderful. And everybody else listening in, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for, um, first of all, just getting involved, being the people who, as we've been saying on the C-Suite Network all year long, are driving and thriving. It's been a hard year. We've been working hard. We've been pivoting, repivoting, and pivoting after that. And I know uh, for all of us in, in sales and marketing, that are responsible for revenue. This has been a challenging year. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. Take a break in the next couple of weeks, especially here at the holidays. Take a deep breath. Enjoy 
um, family, enjoy some time of reflection. And uh, it's, it's going to be, um, you know, we need this break right now. But I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who is sharing the podcast, who's leaving reviews. It's a tremendous encouragement to see everybody out there who's dedicated to growing. So happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And as, as we always say, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.